Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Technology is advancing so fast nowadays that it's important to look back and remember how far we've come. From your smartphone to the TV in your living room, let's take a look at some past and present technology, then and now. We couldn't always rely on the digital realm to store everything from photos to messages. Data storage originated in the textile industry during the 18th century when punch cards were used to record a series of instructions for mechanical equipment like jacquard looms. These paper cards were later used to input data by hand-punching holes and feeding them into a card reader, which converted specific sequences into digital information. Holes punched on each column would represent numbered characters in a standard binary code, and entire programs could be represented as long as the stack of punch cards remained in order. By the 1960s, punch card methods were far less common, and in 1956, IBM also debuted the world's first hard disk drive. The IBM Model 350, which weighed over a ton, contained 50 24-inch storage disks worth a total of 3.75 megabytes and was leased to companies for $3,200 per month, or $30,260 post-inflation. A decade later, this hulking machine was superseded by a new age of data storage, the floppy disk. These thin, flexible disks arrived in 1971 in 8-inch form and later 5 and a quarter and 3 and a half inches and were written in red using a floppy disk drive. The original 8-inch floppy disk had a storage capacity of about 80 kilobytes, meaning you'd now need about 50 disks to store one 4-minute song. 1999 saw the arrival of the impressive and super compact SD memory card from SanDisk, Matsushita, and Toshiba. And in 2000, people were first introduced to the familiar USB thumb drive, initially capable of 8 megabytes of storage. Nowadays, USBs can support hundreds of gigabytes of data, and there's even a micro USB smaller than your finger and the thickness of a needle that can hold a whole terabyte. 
that's 40 hours of 40k video. For comparison, you'd need 266,666 IBM 350s to hold that. Most people now rely on the digital capacities of the cloud, first introduced in 2007, which currently holds an estimated one exabyte of data, the equivalent of over one billion gigabytes. Whoa. It's important to remember though, there is no cloud. The cloud is just someone else's computer. As Moore's Law states digital storage capabilities and speed double exponentially every two years, who knows what's to come. In the modern world, smartphones are treated as a necessity, unless you're filmmaker Christopher Nolan, who constantly talks about never owning a smartphone. But the history of the mobile phone is a surprisingly short one. In April 1973, Motorola researcher Martin Cooper made the first cellular telephone call to announce that Motorola had won the mobile technology race. His device had a single-line text-only display, weighed 2.5 pounds, was 23 centimeters long, and only had a talk time of 30 minutes while taking some 10 hours to recharge. On September 21, 1983, the first commercial mobile, the Motorola Dynatac 8000X, became available, but was still a long way off reaching the masses. The device cost an eye-watering $4,000, over $10,300 post-inflation, and had a measly 20-minute call time, despite the battery weighing four to five times more than the phone itself. By 1992, the mobile phone was no longer reserved for business use or as a major status symbol, and the first to take advantage of the transition to digital consumer handsets was the Nokia 1011, which hit stores in 1992. This world-first mass-produced mobile phone could hold 99 phone numbers and was the forefather of the iconic Nokia 3310 model, which had SMS capabilities and helped the company dominate the market after its debut in 2000. It wasn't until 2007 that Steve Jobs and his collaborators transformed the industry again with the first-generation iPhone, which boasted a 3.5-inch screen, 8-hour talk time, and swanky new application features. Phones have come a long way since then, and every new development changes the landscape for the function and design of what was such a simple device. Even though phones are extremely valuable to our daily lives, they have been known to distract us and reduce our attention span, affecting our ability to concentrate on important tasks such as reading. Reading is a historically valued practice. It can improve our worldview, mental processing, and education. But much has changed over the short time of modern digitization. A few decades ago, picking up a book and reading it front to back was the primary way to consume narratives. But as technology has invaded modern households, reading has been transformed by laptops, smartphones, tablets, and, especially, e-readers. In 1997, leading innovator e-ink developed a revolutionary electronic paper display technology that allowed a digital display screen to reflect light like ordinary paper without a backlight. This wasn't widely adopted until Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos commissioned the world's best e-reader in 2004, and the race to revolutionize reading was on. As it turns out, Sony was the first to use e-ink technology in their library and Sony Reader e-readers in 2004 and 2006, but the concept didn't fully take off until Amazon announced the first-generation Kindle in 2007. 
This compact reading device incorporated e-ink into its 6-inch display, featured 250 megabytes of internal storage, the equivalent of some 200 titles, and sold out within five and a half hours. By 2015, eMarketer estimated that there were around 83.4 million e-reader users in the U.S., and in 2018, e-books were expected to make up over 50% of consumer publishing revenue in the U.S. and U.K. Amazon's newest water-resistant Kindle Paperwhite model now has a minimum of 8GB storage, meaning it can store up to 2,000 titles. Considering some 1,400 books weighing about one pound each would be the same weight as half of an average car, that's a whopping amount of literary potential to have at your fingertips. But does anything beat that old book smell? Come on. <laughs> Without basic computing, modern tech like smartphones wouldn't even exist. But it's been a long road to reach this point. In 1880, punch card-based machines were relied upon for computing the U.S. Census results after population growth meant it previously took several years by hand. But the true ancestor of modern computing was Charles Babbage's analytical engine prototype. Although never fully operational, this steam-driven engine marked a transition from mechanical calculation to general computing, and over a century later in 1941, the first general-purpose Z3 computer was developed by German scientist Konrad Zuse. Intended to calculate aerodynamics and aircraft design, this machine weighed a ton, still relied on punch tape for data storage, and was only capable of basic mathematical functions with a top processing speed of just 5 to 10 hertz. The first mass-market desktop computer, the Programma 101, wasn't unveiled to the public until 1964. Priced at $3,200 or $26,550.50 inflation adjusted, this popular 65-pound device made computing compact and accessible, but could only support basic mathematical functions with a minuscule 240-byte memory. That means it could only store about 0.006% of an iPhone's photo. Apple's landmark Apple One computer, which resembled a circuit board and required buyers to purchase parts like a keyboard and monitor, arrived in 1976 for $666.66, or $3,013.54 in nowadays money. The system supported 4 kilobytes of storage and a 1 megahertz 6502 central processing unit less than the power of the average smart fridge, and about one ten-thousandth as powerful as a cheap smartwatch. This desktop also boasts a whopping one and a half terabyte storage. You'd need 18,750,000 8-inch floppy disks to hold that. The Mac Pro is far from the most impressive modern computer on Earth, though. IBM Summit OLCF is one of the most powerful supercomputers in the world. It has a whopping storage of 250 petabytes. That's 250,000 terabytes or 250 million gigabytes and is so fast that it's measured in floating point operations per second or flops. The Summit is capable of a peak of 200 petaflops. To give you an idea of how much processing power that is, it recently became the first supercomputer to process a quintillion operations per second during genomic analysis. As desktop computers made their way into offices, industry pioneers focused on compacting computing capabilities into something more convenient. The first truly portable computer, the Osborne One, was created by designer Adam Osborne in 1981. 
and was about the size of a portable sewing machine, weighing some 24 pounds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The revolutionary luggable device had a 5-inch screen, two five-and-a-quarter floppy drives, a modest 4 megahertz CPU, and was priced at $1,795, $5,080 for today. In 1986, IBM announced the first real laptop computer, the $2,000, $4,700 post-inflation PC convertible, which had a 256 kilobyte storage and a slightly more improved 4.77 megahertz CPU, but could also crucially run on battery power. Apple then entered the laptop market with the first Macintosh Portable in 1989, which had a 40 megabyte hard drive and 16 megahertz CPU, but it was considered one of their worst products to date. Not only did it weigh 16 pounds, 3 pounds heavier than the outdated 13 pounds IBM PC convertible, and the same as about 5 modern MacBook Airs, it came with a hefty price tag of $7,300 or nearly $13,500 in today's money, and could barely store a few standard photos at an average of 6 megabytes each. Thankfully, the revised Macintosh PowerBook 100 model of 1991 fared much better with its 16 megahertz CPU, expandable 40 megabyte hard drive, and more lightweight 5.1 pound frame, but it still pales in comparison with modern tech. Many of our teachers in the year 2000 would say, you won't always have a calculator in your pocket. Boy, were they wrong. If you need to solve something today, you probably wouldn't think twice about taking out your smartphone. But once upon a time, it took great amounts of machine processing to perform the most basic calculations. Back in 1820, a mechanical machine now held as the first incarnation of the modern calculator, the arithmometer, was patented by Thomas de Camar and later manufactured between 1851 and 1915. To use this desktop-sized device, you'd simply select the desired mathematical function on the reversing lever, set your numbers using cursors with scales 0 to 9, and then use the crank which would display the results in the totalizer windows at the top. During World War II, more complex calculating power was required for military precision, so a bigger, better machine was built to take on the job. The Electronic Numerical Integrator and Computer, or ENIAC, was the world's first general calculating computer which was built by Pennsylvania University students in 1946 for $487,000, over $6 million in our money. 
This machine could solve a larger class of numerical problems and was about a thousand times faster than electromechanical computers. But there were a few drawbacks. ENIAC required over 17,000 vacuum tubes, 70,000 resistors, and 10,000 capacitors and weighed about 30 tons, filling an entire 30 by 50 foot room and consuming an insane 150 to 200 kilowatts of energy. It wasn't until 1967 that the first portable calculator known as the Caltech was produced by Texas Instruments which printed results and was capable of basic arithmetic using four compact integrated circuits. By 1980, pocket calculators had reached the forms we still recognize today with battery power and using single chips and LCDs. Nowadays, even the most scientific calculators can be replicated using software, and smartphones come with built-in calculating abilities. Television as a concept had been discussed as early as 1900, but it wasn't until 1924 that the first real steps were made. Scottish engineer John Logie Baird developed a way of passing a beam of light through a rapidly spinning disc punched with holes so that a simple image could be scanned, transmitted, and reconverted. The first mechanical TV sets of the 1920s, such as the Baird models B and C, initially resembled large cabinets with a tiny display with primitive progressive scanning technology inside. The earliest adaptations of Baird's prototype were mechanical rather than the digital technology we're used to now and relied on scanning vertical lines, achieving just 30 lines per frame. For some perspective, turn any YouTube video down to 144p, which scans 144 lines per frame. The earliest screens were about five times worse, which explains its terrible picture quality. From the 1930s, Marconi EMI's far superior electronic television sets appeared. These were fitted with cathode ray tubes, could produce 405 scanned lines, 13 and a half times more than Baird's mechanical TVs, and could now be measured using digital pixels. Ooh la la. TVs like this 1948 Admiral model 1912, costing $165.95, over $1,800 in post-inflation money, now had about 503 by 77 pixels in each frame and could produce 25 frames per second. By the way, does black and white TV bore anybody else? Thank God they fixed it. After the advent of color TV in the 1960s, the next big development was the replacement of cathode ray technology with LCD, which made TVs thinner by using liquid crystals instead of projecting images by splitting audio and visual signals into red, green, and blue lights. Pixel density measured in megapixels per frame, which is 1 million pixels, is the best way to see how far TV quality has come. With its 503 by 377 display, the earliest electronic TV had about 189,631 pixels per frame, which is over five times fewer pixels than a single megapixel. For some perspective, standard 1080p HDTV has a 1920 by 1080p display containing 2,073,600 pixels per frame or 2.07 megapixels. That's almost 11 times more pixel density than the 1930s model. 
even more modern 4K OLED UHD TV starts at 3840x2160p or about 8.5MP per frame, which is almost 44 times more than its ancestor. While the super impressive 8K UHD TV's 7680x4320p display has about 33.2 megapixels per frame, which is nearly 175 times more pixel density than the original electronic sets. Television technology moves almost as fast as the images on the screen, but just take a look at any major sporting event or concert hall and you'll see just how far we've come from the tiny displays and big wooden boxes used by our grandparents. Most of those screens are bigger than the house I'm currently recording from. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at how far technology has come, and I'll see you the next time you want to be amazed. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.